Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. Show on this Thursday. Welcome into the Danny Mac Show on 101 ESPN. That's Tanner. I'm Dan McLaughlin. As we continue the fun and games, and uh, Tanner, uh, I don't know if you knew this, it is the Hubbard Christmas party today. I did know that actually. Are you going to stop in after your show is over or what? Uh, I might. We'll see. I got a lot going on. I didn't get the invite. Oh, that's awkward. Wasn't invited. Hmm. Hey, to be fair, holiday parties, not all that great. You don't think so? Yeah, you know, not not about. I'm not Why a party not? animal. Not a big party guy. I could see you getting after it. Oh well, you know, you just maybe uh, at like a nightclub, not so much a Christmas. Oh, party. you're you're a clubber. I'm, oh yeah. Anybody listening to this could envision yeah. you being at the club. Yeah, hit the club late at night, right mm-hmm. after a show, get up early, go to work. You know, like I think it's Shaq only sleeps like two hours a day. He knows what's up. Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. So, why don't you go to the Christmas party and then have an after party? Oh, now that is thinking right there. So you moved into your own place. You could have uh, some folks over there and get after it, huh? I like your thinking, Dan. I may have to do that. Maybe call BK. I know. He's busy. Well, I I tweeted at him yesterday. You see my tweet to him? Uh, Yeah, get off of Twitter. (laughs) He's answering all these questions. I said, hey, man, you're getting married in two days. Get off of Twitter. You don't need to be on Twitter. Stop. Yeah. I've only heard from him, I think, once since he's been off the last two days. And what was it about? Uh, Something something at the house. I don't remember exactly what oh, it was. Okay. But it was just something, it was a personal thing. Yeah, it was just something quick, short. It wasn't sports-related? No. Or, okay. I, I responded, never heard back from him, so it must have been solved. All right, that's fine. Um, we got hockey coming up tonight. Looking forward to this. Blues, I, I said it the other day, and some others have felt this way, too. I, I think it was the game of the year for the Blues. And one of the best games that they have played in in many years because of the circumstances with all the guys that are hurt. So tonight, you, you got to look at Buchnevich. You got to look at the power play because Detroit's not very good on the penalty kill. And you got to see what you're going to get out of your goalie. So uh, Doug Armstrong was visiting with the media and had a chance to address the media about what's going on with his team in terms of the injuries, who's coming back, who could be available. Uh, Could it happen, you know, where Bennington is coming back right away? And by the way, were you aware of all the roster rules? So the, you know, you got guys that have bonus, can't bring them up because all of a sudden they they make too much money. You go over a cap. All those things that Doug Armstrong has to deal with right now. I would say I I had general knowledge of it. It's like anything you, you, when it affects you, you dig in deeper. Like the rule last night, I, I thought because we we played short and we got an injury, we, we would be able to call up, you know, two guys. Uh, I was told that that's not the case last night. After uh, again, this is all new. Right now, we have nine nine players in St. Louis out, um, so it's it it is what it is. You, you sort of you sort of learn on the fly. Uh, again, I think it stems back to to the injuries that we have, and and, and plus the COVID and. You know, COVID's treated like any injury. Uh, some guys can play through injuries, but you the, obviously the league doesn't allow you to play through COVID. So the Blues have to play a man short, 
And Wallman got hurt the other day. We saw Billy Huso got hurt. So they uh, would have been able to call someone up had he not been injured. But that's not the case. One of the guys that has been dealing with COVID is Jordan Bennington. Uh, the guys that are getting COVID in our group uh, aren't getting uh, severe symptoms. So we're, we're hoping that uh, as early as maybe on Tuesday and, and at the late end on Friday, again, it's just going to be an energy issue and when he gets to face some shots. and uh, But we... We, we can't be penny-wise, pound-foolish with, with any of these guys coming back from COVID. There's no sense getting them out there and having them get injured and then start rolling down this this road again. So whether it's uh, Bozak, who I think is the first guy to come off on the weekend, uh, you know, we got to make sure that, that he's mentally uh, prepared and physically prepared to play. You know, I think Huso took a couple extra days and Krug jumped right in. So again, uh, it's just an indication of when they, where, where we think they're at it. Again, we don't want to put them put someone in in a difficult spot it's you know that that's the issue right now we're, we're taxing you know not just 18 now we're taxing 17 players on back-to-back nights and we don't want to then put a guy in there and and if he's not prepared to play and lose him for that game and maybe longer i think that's really the interesting thing is that you say tander that a guy oh okay he's off the covid list now he's in the lineup it's not that easy and everybody is different in how they're coming back from this and it's good news that the symptoms as doug said have been light but we had darren pang on the show this morning and i asked him i said all right from a goalie perspective what can you do you're not on the ice and he said and they do have technology with this in baseball too and they have it i'm assuming now for goalies and what darren talked about but you can put on these goggles and it's like simulated games game speed it's it's more of like a a thing to help your eyes stay sharp, concentration, that kind of thing. But it's not with traffic. It, it's not yeah. with guys in the crease. It's not the game speed that you're accustomed to when you're squatting down. And, and it's it's mentally and physically tasking, uh, uh, taxing when you're when you're having this. So I, it's just not as simple as saying all of a sudden, hey, this guy's off the COVID list, put him back in there, and he's back to where he was. Might be, but it doesn't seem like that's been the case, generally speaking, in sports. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's been the case for most. And like he mentioned, Army did. Krug's the only guy, and the Blues have had, what, three, four guys and in COVID And he did list. jump right back he in there. He did jump in. Otherwise, the other guys have taken a couple days to get back, get their legs back under him. I would expect, we'll see if any of these guys, because Bozek's on there, Falk's on there, and Bennington's on there. We'll see if any of them jump back in. Maybe you see them. If not, I would say probably, like he said, early next week, Tuesday, Thursday, somewhere in that range is probably when you see those three. So the Blues right now, 11th in the league in points. Their record is 13-8-4. And And when they were at full uh, roster and guys were healthy, remember, this team was rolling. They get off to the great start, and then some guys got COVID. Some guys went on IR. Uh, Other guys are going to miss considerable time. So they've been dealing with injuries and COVID more so than some other teams. Not all, like the Islanders, have been just decimated with it. But um, I think if you said after 25 games and you've had all these guys out for a considerable amount of time that you're 13-8-4, and you'd probably take it. What about Doug Armstrong? Yeah, I I think what we've we've tested our depth. Uh, I think it's great to see how how Brownies come up, Uh, the work that he put in. Uh, it was a whirlwind training camp for him. He starts in Ottawa, uh, ends up here, gets a game or two. You know, our roster was pretty well set. He goes down. He's played really well. I, I actually told him I didn't think we'd give him this opportunity till the new year. We wanted him to get a really good foundation, but opportunity knocked, and I think he's taken great advantage of it. I would say also uh, Dak has played, uh, Joshua has played very good for us too. 
So we're, we're seeing growth from some of these players. I think Rosen's come up and, and really opened our eyes to what he can do. Uh, with, our, with our roster, the way it started the season, we liked our forward depth. Our defense was going to be a uh, work in progress. I think that's still the case with the with uh, two players that weren't in our opening night roster, uh, uh, Mikola and uh, uh, Scott Prunovich coming in and playing very well. So there's going to be great competition when we get healthy there. And uh, at that time, we'll have different decisions to make of having too many bodies. Uh, I'd probably rather have that uh, that mountain to have to climb than, than not having enough bodies, though. But uh, JR, it is hard to say who we are and what we are, but I do like the resiliency that we've shown to this point. So that's Doug Armstrong. And again, the Blues and the Red Wings coming up tonight. The guy in goal is Charlie Lindgren and uh, really good numbers at Springfield in the minor leagues. You would have to assume that he's going to get the start tonight. Kind of got an interesting background uh, in in the game of hockey. I was definitely feeling uh, really good down there. You know, we got a excellent hockey team, um, great coaching staff and, you know, we were just, you know, I got a, a few other birds up here now and, um, you know, it's just uh, it's a great group of guys and, you know, we're having a ton of fun. So um, I was feeling good personally and definitely want to carry that momentum up here. And Craig Barubi saw his team the other day as Lindgren had to come in when Huso got hurt uh, being outshot 20 to five. That first period, I thought, oh, this is not good. But yet, second period, I thought the end of the first was better. Second period, uh, much better. Third period, obviously, and, and they win it in OT. But he was asked about his message between periods one and two. What did he say? Yeah, there's well, there's always different ways, I guess, and depending on the game and the feel. For me, it was we went out there the first period. <laughs> we wanted, we you know, I think we, we felt like maybe it was – we're overmatched, you know, with everything going on. And, you know, it was more for me, it was just uh, coming in and talking to the guys about a mindset. And, you know, like, we're in a we're in a good situation still. It's only one nothing, And we didn't play a good first period. Our goalie's playing well. And it's just about getting skating and, and playing. And, now, you know, not thinking the other way. So, they, you know, they responded well. They did a good job because they realized it and they went out and skated in the second period. And that changed everything. It did change everything, and it'll be imperative, even shorthanded again, to come out with a quick start tonight. So it's the Blues. It's Detroit. Uh, it's one of those great rivalries in years past, and it's renewed at Enterprise Center. And we'll have that for you on 101 ESPN. And tonight's game, the pregame with Alex Ferrario, is coming up at 6. Coming up next, we're going to visit with Chris Trevino. And Chris, the color analyst of Missouri basketball, also on the sidelines for Missouri football. So we're going to ask about that. Also, high school signing day for uh, high school football is next Wednesday, I believe. So I want to ask him some questions about uh, some of the kids that are coming in. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. That's the music I don't like, Tanner. There's so many over here, Dan. I it's can't remember just which one we don't and do Ominous. Like. I guess it should be ominous when we welcome in our next guest because he is really mean. He's really tough on people, and that's Chris Trevino, who is doing the sidelines for Mizzou football, color analyst for Mizzou basketball, and I'm going to say just an all-around great guy. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Happy holidays. Oh, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Same 
to you. Good to be with you. How are things in St. Louis? Things are going well. How about in Columbia? How are things going? They're going pretty well. Beautiful day here. Getting ready for Christmas. All is good, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with basketball. I want to jump all over the place uh, here with you. Um, how would you sum up what's going on right now with basketball? You've you had some bad losses, and you got KU around the corner. You got Illinois coming up, and it's going to get just get tougher and tougher. Um, uh, where is the basketball program as you kind of evaluate it right now? Well, they've got a freight train coming right at them. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the schedule, uh, you mentioned Kansas Saturday and Lawrence, and of course after that, it's a week until next Saturday, a home game versus Utah followed by Bragg and Wrights in St. Louis with the Illini. And then right after Christmas, before New Year's, we start uh, SEC play at Kentucky. Other than that, Dan, it's a <laughs> Happy holidays to Tiger basketball. What a stretch. And uh, you're right. I mean, they've had some difficult games so far. Um, you know, they're just really struggling to score the ball, uh, averaging about 67 points, but the Shooting percentages have really been uh, disappointing, just 41% from the field overall and 25% from three-point range. So they've really got to, you know, get things going and, and get uh, better offensively. They've, you know, they've missed a lot of good shots, open shots. They've, they've taken some bad shots certainly along the way, but uh, they're just not getting the results. And, and I thought it would be a transitional year. I mean, I, most people probably would agree with nine new players on the roster of 12 and really of the three returnees, just Kobe Brown and Javon Pickett played, but it's really been hard for them to get on track, Dan. And, uh, you know, again, the schedule is only getting more daunting the next couple of weeks. And then it's, you know, SEC play basically the rest of the way. No doubt. How is Conzo holding up with the new faces and clearly some struggles on the, on the court right now? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think outwardly he's got kind of the same, uh, you know, stoic countenance and, and has always been that way, but it's, it's gotta be, you know, eating at him a little bit because uh, I, I think he, he is frustrated and, you know, wants, wants this group to, you know, blend together and, and, and produce more and, 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 you know, even quicker. I, I don't think he could have even foreseen the you know difficulties per se against Kansas city. And uh, you know, the way the Liberty game was so one-sided, uh, from the outset in Virginia last week, you know, they, they came back beat Eastern Illinois, but they're, they're really uh, uh, down. And of course, just starting out under uh, Marty Simmons, your guy for the Missouri Valley yeah. conference days in Evansville, enjoyed Marty, got to talk to him a while the other day, but yeah, it, it just, you know, they haven't had many uh, 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 big tests in terms of the opponents. I mean, the wins are over Northern Illinois, Eastern Illinois, uh, SMU was a good win in terms of coming back in the second half and then Florida state flattened them. So, it's been tough, man. I mean, what, five and four, and, and you're just, you're really heading into the teeth of the schedule now. So we'll see where they are in a, a few weeks, but they, they've got to uh, really, really play better and, and, and find some some things, you know, uh, what those things are. I'm not sure of than putting the ball in the basket. They they play hard. There's no doubt. They, they out-rebound their opponents. They defend. They've had some turnover issues uh, here and there, but but the main thing is they are just struggling to put the ball in the basket. That's very basic, but it's very true with this group. What did you uh, think of the matchup on the 22nd and the bowl game for Mizzou? Yeah, you know, I, I had a feeling uh, they'd get uh, shipped out somewhere, so to speak, meaning uh, when you had 13 SEC teams eligible for bowl games, everybody but Vanderbilt, I knew there were only so many slots you know, allotted to the league, even with two. Bama and Georgia in the 14 playoff and another 
Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl as part of the New Year's Six. There just weren't enough uh, bowls, you know, allied with the SEC. So I didn't know where they were going to go, but I had a feeling it would be somewhere outside of the footprint of the SEC bowl games. Um, you know, Texas isn't bad because they like to recruit there. It's not a, a terribly long trip. Um, the, the Army's going to be tough. Though. I mean, Army, you know, runs the ball. They run a lot of option offense, a very unique style. Uh, you may have noticed, at least in the first half of the season, Mizzou struggled with run defense, but they have come on in, in, in fairness and credit to them. They've, they've improved a lot against the run, thankfully, and that enabled them to win some games down the stretch, South Carolina and Florida most notably, in a way to get to six and six. But it's a tricky game. Missouri's a three-and-a-half-point uh, underdog. Uh, a lot of folks, including yours truly, remember the time they played Navy down in Houston in 2009. Tigers scored on the second play from scrimmage and then gave up like 30-something unanswered yeah. points and just got drilled by Navy. So they've got to be there. They've got to be excited to play and really uh, obviously care and give an effort. And you, you like to think all that would be true, but you just never know. That Navy game, albeit 12 years ago, is, is really clear in my mind, and you'd be amazed how many people, when they saw the matchup with Army, mentioned, oh, no, not another Navy game. But uh, I was one of them. Yeah, so. No, and so hopefully they'll be ready. You know, it's a, I mean, they should, you know, they, they should, you know, be there and, and, and be ready to play and go. And they certainly improved, as I said, down the stretch of the season, thankfully, to get to six wins in the bowl game. But they have really got to be ready and disciplined because I know they're trying to simulate uh, what Army does on offense. and They'll get a chance to see Army against Navy here Saturday. But but it's, it's not the same. It's just a very unique style, kind of a throwback style, if you will, with the offense. And Missouri's got to be prepared and ready to go. Chris Trevino is my guest. Does a great job on the radio broadcast for Mizzou football and basketball. Year two for drink. It'll end on uh, the 22nd in that bowl game. How, how do you think he's doing? Where, where is he with the program from where he started and dealing with COVID and all these things? So two years in the books, what, what have you thought? Yeah, you know, he's exactly 500 through two years, uh, five and five last year against an all-SEC schedule. I think that was a, a pleasant surprise. And then six and six this year. And, and as you know, they really had to work and struggle to get to that. And, you know, thankfully they did. Again, credit to them for getting there. But uh, you, you feel a little bit better now than you would have a month ago uh, because they've managed to win two of their last three games, you know, at home down the stretch with South Carolina and Florida and put themselves in bold position. So, you know, certainly to be determined, uh, you know, 500 through two years, the, the predecessor, if you look at it that way, Barry Odom was 500 through four years, you know, and uh, so right on track. I think the optimism certainly is the, you know, recruiting drink, which is nonstop in terms of recruiting and getting after players and staying busy. And of course the, the big, big uh, catch, uh, no pun intended with Luther Burden there, the receiver, out of St. Louis really helps, and that looks good when you beat the likes of Alabama and Georgia for him. But, you know, Dan, they need a lot more than one really talented wide receiver. And, of course, they feel they're loading up on a a lot of different kids, and uh, uh, time will tell. But, uh, you know, this season they they had pretty high expectations. And and using Drinkwitz's own words, you know, he said, maybe I set the bar too high or we set the bar too high with that first season because I think a lot of folks were – we're thinking this would be a winning season, even just seven, I say just, but seven, eight games would have been a step forward and was capable. But we've talked a few times, and I really thought the pivotal games early were Kentucky and Boston College, and Missouri dropped both of those, and then you think, oh, boy, it's going to be tough now, you know, the rest of the way. And um, they had some real tough games against Tennessee and Texas A&M. But, again, finished up well, and I think have a much better 
taste in their mouth uh, than they would have had a, a month ago when folks were were really wondering. But this bowl game will probably go a lot too. I mean, you know, you put on one game; it's not a major bowl game. Obviously, it's before Christmas, but you know, if you win, you're seven and six. You say you won three of the last four. That's true. If you lose, you're six and seven and lose to Army in a bowl game, which a lot of people probably hadn't even heard of the bowl game. So, uh, you know, every game counts. And, and I know a lot of things are, are, are perception, but, but it's important when they're trying to sell tickets and need to get fans back. Absolutely. You know, they average just 45,000 a game. They were lowest attendance in the league other than Vanderbilt, Dan. So there's just a lot out there. They've really got to get corrected and I'm sure Drink knows better than anyone. Nobody told him it would be easy. <laughs> well, th- there's no question about that. You talked about his recruiting. Do you have a story or, or kind of can pull back the curtain a little bit? Um, we hear he's a tireless recruiter, um, and he is getting big names. Luther Burden, you mentioned him. You know, What's it like seeing him recruit? What's he doing to try to separate himself, uh, themselves from others? Well, you know, I'm certainly not around him 24-7, and especially since he started, it's been difficult because of, you know, he came in right with the, the COVID days, which I guess we're still struggling through and hopefully getting through. But he's uh, just energetic, and uh, I've been on a few things in the off season with him, you know, little caravan stops and speaking engagements and tours and just introducing him and other coaches around the state for these events. And the guy is not nonstop on his phone. I mean, and you know, I mean, he's, he gets it. He, he's younger. He's 38. He's one of the you know youngest coaches in the power five. I think the youngest uh, other than Lincoln Riley, I think that still holds, holds true. But uh, I mean, he has got nonstop boundless energy and is always uh, working social media and doing this and that. And, uh, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even that in tune with social media. <laughs> much anymore don't have to be without the all the tv stuff i did but i just know uh what i was and since he started uh it it is just nonstop. so i i think he gets it that that is where it all begins and that is where he has really got to excel you're probably not going to get all the five stars that many teams in this league get but you've got to get as many high star highly regarded players you can and then you've really got to develop the rest of them. And that's what Gary Pinkle did. And I know times are changing. It's a different league now with this and that and more teams coming in. But, you know, Pinkle really would get those mid-range players, I think, if you will, right? Three-star guys sure. and just develop and coach them up. And people can't deny that because he put so many of them in the NFL, the likes of Sean Weatherspoon, Denario Alexander, which were not highly, highly rated guys coming out of high school in Texas. So, you know, that's the – the mandate really for Drinkwitz to recruit hard, recruit well. And I, I think he's putting forth the effort. We'll just see his guys have got to turn out for Missouri to, you know, progress in this league, which is only getting tougher as we know going forward. Chris, uh, final question for you. So uh, Luther Burden, I guess, will officially sign it. That's Wednesday, I believe, the mm-hmm. signing period, um, signing day. Uh, any other big names? What are you hearing about the class that he has coming in with Luther? Well, Burden's certainly the biggest name because of the, recruiting rating and the fact that he's from St. Louis. And I think the other, uh, you know, the biggest name really because of uh, position will be the kid coming in from Georgia, the quarterback, Sam Horn, who will be here. And, you know, Dan, I mean, unfortunately the quarterback spot may be uh, rather open next season. Yeah. Uh, Connor Bazelak, you know, who I thought was so good last year uh, has really struggled this season down the stretch. He's played in 11 of the 12 games. He's thrown 11 interceptions. And you go back to the last game of last season, which was, late, you know, December 19th with the adjusted schedule at Mississippi State. He had three picks in that game. So he's got 14 interceptions in his last 12 games. And I was pretty high and hopeful for him 
uh, this season, uh, but they just, uh, you know, they, they've not made a lot of progress there. So you've, you've got Brady Cook and Tyler Macon, of course, out of the St. Louis area, and, and now this kid, Sam Horn. Remember the former baseball player, Sam Horn, oh, yeah. of the Boston Red Sox? Oh, yeah. sure. No relation that I'm aware of. I don't think this guy's a left-handed power hitter, but hopefully he's a pretty good <laughs> quarterback for the Missouri Tigers out of the state of Georgia. So I think that's where you have to start and, and see just how good he is. But he is very highly regarded and a lot of fertile recruiting ground down there in Georgia, as you know. Absolutely. Hey, Chris, thanks for hopping on and updating the fans in uh, St. Louis what's going on with Mizzou. Good luck this weekend, and uh, I'll hopefully catch up with you at the uh, Bragging Rights game, or I, I, I'm not sure if you're doing that or going to football on that night, but uh, we'll, we'll catch up, uh, I'm sure, very, very soon. Yeah, I think I'll be at football that night, Dan, so I'll miss you this year. But, but thank you, and uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to you and your listeners. Really appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you, too. That's uh, Chris Trevino does just an outstanding job. He's been covering Mizzou sports for decades in Columbia. Coming up, we're going to visit with Ken Cal. He is the radio play-by-play voice of the uh, Detroit Red Wings. He's been at it a long time as well. Red Wings in town tonight, and we'll do that when we come back on 101. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Red Wings coming up tonight, 6 o'clock. Alex will have the pregame show and on the mic for the Detroit Red Wings. He has been at it a long time, one of the best announcers in the game, and that is Ken Cal, longtime play-by-play voice of the Detroit Red Wings. Hey, Ken, uh, great to uh, hook up with you again. It's been a long time, and uh, nice to hear your voice. How you doing? Dan, I'm doing great. You and I go back a long, long time. I remember when you were covering the Blues, and uh, boy, we had some good battles, didn't we, when these two teams were in the same division. Now we only see them twice a year. Yeah, do you miss that? Yeah, I really do, because uh, there were some festive <laughs> occasions. There was a lot of, lot of good hockey and a lot of physical play between these two teams. They always seemed to meet in the first or second round of the playoffs back in the day, and it was, a, it was a great rivalry. It really was. And it's unfortunate that Red Wing fans don't get to see the Blues but just one time this year. And, uh, geez, I wish we were in the same division. But you know how it goes with television. Absolutely. By the way, how many years now for you as the voice of the Wings? This is my 26th season. Wow. Actually, it was perfect timing. I came in and uh, uh, the first year I, I called games for the Red Wings. They won 62 games that season in 95-96 then back-to-back Stanley Cup so I guess you could say timing is everything absolutely you know I was thinking about this when you were I I remember Pronger going down to the ice I remember the battles that they had um at uh, old Joe Lewis I used to love going to that place and I also unfortunately remember the Iserman goal in game seven and you were part of some of those great teams and the great run that they had and all the Hall of Famers that were a part of that roster including Scotty Bowman as a coach um, is that goal maybe the most famous of the moments, even though it didn't win a Stanley Cup, it got you to it, but it, it, it wasn't in the Cup final. Is that the most famous goal in recent Red Wings history, or is there another moment that's bigger? Well, I'll tell you what, at that particular point in time, it was the biggest goal because the Red Wings just couldn't get over the hump. I mean, they had really good teams for a long period of time, and they just couldn't get to the Stanley Cup final and win it. So, you know, to score that goal in a game seven and what was it, double or triple overtime? Can't remember. But, um, 
it was amazing. And yeah, it, you know, as far as Red Wing fans are concerned, uh, they'll never forget that one. And that's when the Blues had Wayne Gretzky on their team, and um, you know, Eiserman came down the wing. He had a nice shot, I believe it was on John Casey, put it up under the crossbar, and that was a big moment for the fans at the Joe who uh, were sitting biting their nails because that was a an interesting game. It was tightly contested, and you needed a break. One team was going to win, right? And they were yeah, absolutely. For the Red Wing fans, it was the Red Wings, yeah. Um, and I want to ask you about Steve Eiserman. So now he's back in the organization. He is uh, running the show, so to speak. What's that been like seeing him and what he's been able to do with that roster? Well, Steve has a good track record, as you know, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And look what he's done with that team as they continue to, to play really good uh, hockey. They've won back-to-back Stanley Cups. They're doing really good this year after a slow start. So, you know, he knows how to build a team, and and that's what we're seeing here in Detroit. And it's finally time to see some of these young players that the Red Wings have drafted under Steve Eisenman start to come to fruition. And Blues fans tonight, if they're going to the hockey game or even listening on the radio, watching on TV, will see a couple of really good rookies in the lineup. Uh, Lucas Raymond, who's a forward, and Mo Sider, who's been terrific on, on the blue line. These two guys really night to night have been the Red Wings' best players for the most part. Mo Sider's been impressive on the blue line. He's, what, 20 years old, something like that. He's, he's playing like a 26-year-old veteran back there on the blue line. Just always seems to make the right play. Very smart. He can get the puck up to the forwards. And Lucas Raymond, he hasn't scored in a couple of games, but he's always around the puck, and when he usually gets a chance to bury the puck, he does. You're in St. Louis tonight. You'll be in Colorado on Friday night. Wings coming off a 5-2 loss at home to Nashville. That snapped a five-game winning streak. So uh, what's been going on with the Wings in terms of the success that you guys have had here the last few weeks? When the Red Wings are playing well, Dan, they're playing really good D. And they've had outstanding goalkeeping basically from Alex Nedeljkovic, who came over in the offseason from the Carolina Hurricanes in a trade. And uh, he's been lights out. And and I think if Blues fans remember the day before Thanksgiving, he was just terrific in goal. I think St. Louis probably should have won that game. But if it wasn't for, you know, his goalkeeping and the way the Red Wings played uh, defensively, you know, St. Louis probably would have won that game. But I think when the Red Wings are playing well, they spend more time in the offensive zone. They're just defensemen are getting the puck to the forwards. And that's what, uh, you know, that's really basically their game. They like to shut other teams down if they can. They work hard each and every shift. They compete hard out there on the ice. The problem with the Wings right now is back on the blue line, they're a little bit banged up. So um, the Red Wings had to recall some some people from Grand Rapids, their farm club affiliates. So the Red Wings a little bit short on the blue line going into tonight's game. In terms of uh, Robbie Fabry and, and his play with the Wings, it's a name that Blues fans know quite well. How has he been doing? Well, when he first came over from the trade from St. Louis, you you want players to pay dividends immediately, and that's exactly what Robbie Fabry did. He was hot right from the time he first put on that Red Wing jersey. He's been good. He really has been. He gives. He's got, he's a high energy player, as you know. Um, he's got three power play goals this year. He's always been pretty good on the power play, um, and uh, he competes hard out there each and every shift. Uh, he's not the biggest guy out there, but he likes to get involved physically. And, uh, again, he's one of those guys that can really give the Red Wings balance on their second, third, and fourth line. And lately, because of Bertuzzi out with that COVID protocol, uh, he's moved up on the top line with Larkin and Raymond, and they've been good, really good. i got to ask you, too, I I think a key in the game – 
for the Blues is is trying to to draw penalties and get uh, with the power play because uh, the penalty kill for Detroit right now twenty six in the league. Your last six games, at least one power play goal in yep. five of them. So, what's happening there in terms of special teams for Detroit? Well, that's a good point. And prior to that, the Red Wings, I think, went nine games without allowing a power play goal. So just when you think that the penalty kill is getting better, all of a sudden it goes up again. But that's the game of hockey. And you're right, staying out of the penalty box is something that uh, the Wings have to have to do. And you know, a lot of it is you're taking penalties when the other team's got the puck. In this particular case, when the Blues are in the Red Wings zone, uh, you know, cycling around and creating havoc in that offensive zone. And then, you know, that allows the team to take penalties. And that's something that the Red Wings have to stay away from. We know that St. Louis has a really good power play. I think they're third in the National Hockey League and the man advantage. So, yeah, the Red Wings have to stay out of the penalty box. Ken, final question for you. Back in the day, the uh, Wings fans, they always traveled well. Chicago, St. Louis, Columbus, all these uh, cities in the Midwest. Are we gonna are we gonna see like the uh, the Red Army coming through here? What do, what do we got to, tonight in terms of some of your fans coming to St. Louis? Well, we hope that some of our fans are coming here in enemy territory. But you know, with all this COVID protocol stuff going on, fans haven't really been traveling like we've seen in the past. And I can remember back in the day when the Wings were winning those Stanley Cups, Dan. People, there was a waiting list for tickets to see the Red Wings at home. And I just used to tell fans, hey, go on the road, go to St. Louis, go to Columbus, go to Chicago, and you can see the Red Wings play there. And, uh, you know, I think that was the, the best thing to do because you couldn't get a ticket at home. So I hope we see a lot of red jerseys in the in the stands tonight here in St. Louis. But like I said, with the COVID protocol, it doesn't seem like many fans are traveling like they used to. Hey, Ken, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, always so much fun when we uh, see each other on the road or you'd come through St. Louis and it's been a long time. So thanks for hopping on. I really appreciate it. You know what, Dan, this is a great sports town. It really is. Uh, the fans love their Cardinals. As you know, they love their hockey here. And uh, from an outsider coming in here, the fans are great. And it's always fun to broadcast games here in St. Louis. That's awesome. Thanks, Ken. Happy holidays. That's Ken Happy Cal. holidays, too. You got it. That's Ken Cal, the uh, Red Wings play-by-play voice. Does just a remarkable job. And he's right. He got in at the right time because they got hot and they became uh, really just a, the juggernaut of the NHL for five, ten years. Cramming more St. Louis sports talk into your brain. It's the Danny Mac Show with PK on 101 ESPN. For the crossover, so Alex Ferrario is in here, and he'll have your pregame at six tonight for Blues hockey. Jeremy Rutherford from the Athletic Tanners here. I'm Danny Mack, and uh, you know I, I didn't really like the the shot that you took uh, at me this morning with your your hit on the morning show. Yeah, you know, in case uh, you missed it, uh, I was on the show with you and Randy mm-hmm. and Michelle, and and they welcomed me in, and I said, "How are you, fine people, to doing today?" And Danny, too, how are you doing? So I. Well, first of all, I, I did have my headset off. I didn't hear it. And then I said, whoa, wait a minute. I, and I, <laughs> I was like shuffling around for it and found it. And then you took the shot right at me again. And I uh, I didn't appreciate it. I yeah. think that's bad. Danny comes on our show with BK9. He says, what's up, gentlemen and Alex? <laughs> Danny, you, uh, you didn't have your headphones on. You're probably prepping for your show, right? Getting ready for yeah, it was. 10 to 11 hours. The Danny Mac show. Yeah. We had Ken Cal on. That should have probably given you some information on what to write. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna be able to write my story. Yeah, <laughs> we had Chris Trevino on too. He was talking Mizzou. Did you miss that? 
Are we back there? Uh, you prepping? Know. Yeah, I was prepping. No, you weren't yeah. prepping. I went back there in the break, and you guys were talking everything but the show <laughs> and but hockey. Alex, if you want to chime in on any of this, you're more than welcome to. I love both of you uh, more than anything, so I'm just going to sit here and and laugh and have a good time. Well, this is supposed to be the crossover in which you come in, we have a lot of fun together, and we cross it over, and then it's like, you know, (laughs) hey, we're one big family, right? Well, let's three-man weave this, Dan. What do you want to do? Well, what are you going to have up on your show? I'm going to have the great Jeremy Rutherford for three hours. Tanner's a little upset. Tanner's is true? Yesterday it was Ferrario and T-Bone show. Everybody love everybody. (laughs) I think everybody does love everybody. Apparently, you're some, not happy, I'm, Tanner. No, I'm getting negative vibes from everybody T-bone, right now. T-Bone doesn't I just love got everyone. under the bus, and I'm not even sure what's happening. T-Bone doesn't love everyone, Dan, because, you know, yesterday it was the T-Bone and Ferrario show, or the Ferrario and T-Bone, T-Bone show. T-Bone and mm-hmm. Company. No, it was not T-Bone that. You know better company. than this. <laughs> you know better than this. But now we just told him, look, T-Bone, you did a great job. We appreciate it. But uh, now we're bringing in the bigwigs. We're bringing in JR. So it's uh, the JR and Ferrario show now. T-Bone's just upset that we're not going to break down baseball free agency for That's the next true. He hours. just wants to talk about why the pitchers? Still. He it just does. wants to talk about why the pitchers aren't allowed to hit. I like it. Uh, T Bone and Company. What are you talking about, <laughs> Dan? You like that? I've pined so hard to get it. Ferrario and BK and the man. Are you first? No, of course not. And so it's BK and Ferrario. Yeah, my okay. name doesn't work as a first one. You know this, Jr. Dan. You know this because a long last name it just doesn't work. Oh, for sure. You know, but BK is easy. Uh, BK is easy. Well, we all know that. Rutherford and Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. JR and Ferrario. I do like T Bone and Company. Though. I do. Oh, that's God. my favorite. Stop I think that it, guys, because Tommy's listening and Tommy's going to get ideas. Well, that's a it's a good idea. Oh, T Bone is the only one that's got a hot take <laughs> on here that makes any sense. T-Bone, I'm all all T Bone does is just spew those hot takes. You he heard does. him say Kyrou's going to be better than Tarasenko. Yeah, and I got blasted for that last year. And you know what? You can apologize. And he said Huso should be the number one guy. Oh, Look he at is this a guy. Gosh. He's a stud. Can just you feed till... me some story ideas? <laughs> yeah. Well, get ready to write about Lindgren because he's going to be a stud too. Oh, yeah, he's already <laughs> buying the Lindgren jersey. <laughs> yeah. Just to get set for it. Lindgren is going to be a stud. You heard it here first from T-Bone at 1053 on this fine Thursday in December. How many starts does he get, Jr.? Well, they're going to have to figure out a way three? to get through three of these games, right? right. Yeah, and Lindgren played uh, in Montreal for, for a couple of years, and so does he get to start uh, Saturday against Montreal? I guess it'll depend on how he fares tonight. <laughs> then but... you got to go to John Gillies against the Anaheim Ducks on Sunday yeah, if Bennington's it's... not ready. Yeah, and, and so uh, Doug Armstrong did say yesterday, Dan, that uh, they're looking at Tuesday at the earliest on Bennington and potentially the end of the week, and I know Huso bounced back quick from the COVID. He, he allowed, what, one goal, Alex? 4-1 yep. win over San Jose in his first game back but um, you know we don't know with Bennington so we'll yeah. see. Blues are 25 games in you wrote about it at the athletic and you told me how hard you were working in the hallway that you were <laughs> up till three in the morning literally um, so what uh, you know you're 25 games in do you have a, a for both you guys everybody do you have really a true read on what this team is because you haven't really seen them you know, fully together. Yeah, I don't think you can. Um, and not just because the Blues have had COVID issues, but remember early on when they were 5-0, and they played a lot of teams that had the COVID issues early on. So was that a true indicator that you're, you know, you're 5-0, and you're, you're a good team? You know, I think they played well. Uh, but since then, since that 5-0 and start, they got a 500 points percentage. So, you know, pretty average since then. So to answer your question... You know, I think you can look at this roster, Dan, and say, yes, they need a defenseman. Yes, Bennington needs to be more consistent. You know, yes, this and that. Uh, but I think from a big picture perspective, you know, Doug's going to have to wait to get a true read on the team. Yeah, well, and you're going to call me just a rights holder, Dan. You're going to call me a, a, a right. fan in this one. But I'm actually pretty optimistic about this team. I am too, actually. Uh, especially, we were talking about this yesterday. 
they've only had one game when you take out the empty net goals consideration they've only had one game this season where they lost by multiple goals every game this year going into the third period it's been tied they've been up or they've been down by a goal that multiple goal loss was against the Anaheim Ducks it was 1-1 going into the third power play goal midway through by Anaheim made it 2-1 empty net goal at the end made it 4-1 but I mean considering the fact that they've gone through everything they've been in every single game and they've lost a lot of those games by one goal you put a healthy roster on this ice that Started off five and zero. I think you're looking at this team. I think you're looking at this team competing for one of the best spots in the Western Conference rather than what they are now. I still think, though, I go back to day one, and Tarasenko to me has been um, better than I thought it was going to be. Would you guys agree with that or not? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think so. You know, he's, he's played fine, but I still go back to their the blue line. I I, I want to see a defenseman. Right. I don't know how you get it. I don't know how you fit it in the cap. I don't know who's available. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm just looking at the team as a whole, a bigger body defenseman that is a true defenseman. Yeah. I don't care about what he does on specialty. I don't need that. I just want a defenseman. Well, unless they find some diamond in the rough, a bigger guy who can play top four minutes is, uh, you know, that's a $3 million guy, $4 million guy right. minimum. So and you're not they, And they've do spent it. to the cap. Yeah, so. they're at the cap. So it, it's going to take a Tarasenko-type trade or something else to, to make that happen. And how many hockey trades do you usually see at this time of the year? I mean, occasionally you'll see some, but in terms of big-time move like that, it's rare to see a hockey move where you flip dollar for dollar. Yeah, it could happen. Um, yeah, I'd have to go back and, and do some research on that. But to actually think about... Team X, that's a contender, true Stanley Cup contender, is going to take on the $7.5 million forward and give up a $4 million defenseman. Like, that doesn't happen much. Tarasenko finish this year with the Blues? I, I mean, if you had to hold the hand of the fire today, I, I guess you'd have to say yeah. I'd say because, yes. Yeah, you'd almost have to. You know, I think that if Army's held out this long, we talked about that this morning, that, uh, you know, I think he's probably not going to find his best deal until the off season when there's one year left on that deal and GMs around the league have had a full season to look at Tarasenko and then make their best offer. I don't get it, though, guys. Why are you guys trying to get rid of one of the best lines that this Blues team has, the Buchenkshev line? Oh, my goodness. Why would you get rid of that? I don't want to get rid it's of it. It's the Buchenkshev line. I want, to see on, him, I want to see him finish here. Has Curbs hammered you for that Yeah, one every yet? time. But you know what? He just doesn't like creativity, I guess. <laughs> so it's a phenomenal nickname. I'll tell you what. The text line loves Tanner. Three one four. Now they love takes Tanner. Are on t- are on point. Three one four. How about on air with T Bone and Company? Six three six. Jr. T Bone and some guy. I like um, that one. <laughs> Am I the some guy? I guess I'm the some guy. No, no, we had another guy. <laughs> okay, good. I think it's it's T Bone and Company. I'm going with that. So it's you, you guys for three hours, huh? Any guess? Yeah, just, we got uh, a lot of guests. So uh, oh, okay. we're, we're going to talk Brian Lawton, NHL, former NHL GM. He's on NHL Network. He's coming up at 11.15. Uh, we got Ben Heisler, our uh, NFL guru. We're going to make some uh, betting angles on this one today. And then we got Joe Vitale. Joe Vitale's awesome. coming on today. All right, guys. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Dan. It's great to see you. You too. You wanted to say something. You just literally no. bit your tongue. What? <laughs> love you, buddy. I love you too, JR. You're the best. i uh, got to tell you about FanDuel. You can add a little excitement to your sports watching experience. Bet on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. Hey, there's a reason that FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. They've got all the odds and all the big, uh, biggest sports. And they make it very simple, intuitive to place your bets. College football, college basketball in full swing. You got the NFL. Well, we got the NFL tonight, Thursday night football. And that's the Steelers. Steelers at the Vikings. Vikings, 
We're going to go with the Vikings to cover minus three. They believe that beating the spread is hard enough, so unlike other sports books, FanDuel doesn't make you jump through hoops when you want to withdraw your winnings. $100 in free bets. First real money wager is risk-free up to $1,000. In order to sign up, check out FanDuel's new sports book racetrack in Collinsville, formerly Fairmont Park. And while you're there, you can bet, watch, and win on live horse races and sports from all over the world. So sign up now, then bet on FanDuel's sports book easily on your phone and the company of your home must be 21 and older present in illinois site credit non-withdrawal book expires seven days after receipt ten dollar minimum deposit required to withdraw any winnings see full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER t-boning company next on 101 peloton let's go this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.